Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now hey this is heather hey this is liz this week we revisit our women of series and we talk the women of harry potter all right let's hit that music It's a new month. It is a new month. I cannot believe how quick this year has gone by, but we have put in so many more (laughs) episodes than we're used to doing in a year already. It's just kind of insane. I know. It is absolutely insane. So we didn't even mention it, but our Halloween episode was episode 150. Just kind of bizarre. Yeah, that's a huge milestone for a lot of podcasts. Most podcasts do not make it that far. Most podcasts don't make it past 12, let's be honest. Yeah, so. yeah. You know how they say, like, in six months, most restaurants will fail. Mm-hmm. Um, podcast is, yeah, by episode, like, 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I think that a lot of it is people kind of jump into it with a, hey, I'm going to do a narrated, heavy, edited, with sound effects and highly researched item. Mm-hmm. And... Unless you're getting paid for that shit, it's way too time consuming. <laughs> it, you know, the the uh, the nostalgia of that kind of episode and the, uh, what am I trying to say? Just the, the idea of it. It, it mm-hmm. wears out real fast. It's yeah. like, oh, I've got this novel idea of what I'm going to do. And it's going to be amazing. It's so different because nobody does it. You want to know why nobody does it? Because it takes forever. It's hard. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and, and, you know, we went through, what was it, our first 93 episodes and didn't edit a goddamn thing. There was no yeah. editing going on unless we went on some kind of like Trump rant or some shit that had to be cut out later. It didn't get yeah. edited. And it was fine. You know, we went through 93 episodes of just, this is us. If the dog barks or, you know, Hogwarts delivers their letter, it, it, you just heard it and it, it's fine. Now we do different because we record remotely instead of together and we have the time to do it and that's fine. There's also lag when we talk back and forth to each other. Yeah, so we have uh, to line because, it up better. Yeah. And when you've got two yeah. tracks anyways, it just makes sense to, you know what, if I can if I can silence anything that's on the non-talking end, why wouldn't I? But you can also go totally insane with it. And I know a lot of people who do. And they're like, I just don't have the time. I don't have the energy or the money to keep doing this. Because podcasting is not something that makes you money. <laughs> At least not not right away. If, it's, if anybody makes money on it, it takes a really long time. And most of us who are independent shows, living in the trenches, not getting paid for what we do, or just getting by with our 
awesome Patreon supporters. And ours, you know, we've been doing this for a little while now. And ours basically covers the cost of the show. Mm -hmm. It doesn't cover the cost of like a salary if we were to actually do this for a living. Because honestly... There's a lot of hours in there. Let's. It sounds like we're complaining. We're not complaining. No, not at a all. Podcast, like, or we wouldn't put it yeah, out. I actually do get paid to produce on a different show, not our show, a different show. No, no, no yeah. And no, we're she, not making the Liz enough is money. Not to, on the payroll. <laughs> we're not making the money to even pay me for what I do on, you know, like on another show. But we can't afford okay. Liz. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. I'm really, really good. <laughs> but you, you can afford me. You can pay me anything you want. I will be happy to produce your show. It's awesome. But that's, that's the thing. Like, if you don't have a pile of money sitting around doing this and whatever, it, it people fail out really quick. So hitting that 150 milestone for me is amazing. It's it's not something you and I never sat down and said, okay, you know, these are our goals. We're going to just take the podcasting world by storm. It's like, no, we got together to do this because we like it. We like talking to each other and our conversations turn interesting. Sometimes they're accidentally humorous in different ways. And that's amazing. And for me, being able to capture that, because I'll talk to people on the phone all the time, they're like, oh my God, what you said was so funny. What was it? I was like, I don't know. I just said it. It's gone. But now <laughs> we record the conversation. Yeah. Or people later will tell you that they stole your punchline. And I was like, what punchline? I know. You're like, what? I don't know. What? It's like, I, I totally stole your joke with somebody else. I'm like, I don't, I, I, I had a joke. The yeah. Joke. yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's the thing. We, I think we've tried to do one comedy episode it was like all right we're just gonna have to go get dad jokes off the internet because uh, it was terrible I have no terrible idea. we don't write jokes we're not comedians we are accidentally funny sometimes and i'm okay with that so all anyway, right thank you guys for listening those of you who have been with us from the beginning or at least you know a good ways in we really appreciate you and your continued support your patronage and just chilling with us on social media because there is nothing worse than podcasting into the void and the void doesn't speak back. So yep. that's why people drop out, I'm pretty sure. If they're not getting any kind of response to it, you have to have a lot of patience to uh, to weed past the zero listener portion. So Yeah. I know. But we'd sit there and talk uh, every week for at least an hour anyway. So You know what, though? It's if fun. we weren't podcasting, we probably wouldn't. And that would be a shame because I yeah. would miss you since you're gone. So I know. We yeah. don't have the opportunity to go grab a drink or go grab dinner anymore like we used to. But if you guys want to help send me to California to hang out with Heather, go sign up for patreon.com slash nerdy bitches because we're going (laughs) to try to get me out there so we can actually. Oh, I'm so excited. I know we're going to do shows together. We've also got a ton of friends in that Southern California, LA area that we would love to be able to interact with and do some crossover work with. So yeah, go give us some money. It'd be awesome. We love, we appreciate the help. So. Let's do a Patreon match competition. What does that mean? Towards the ticket for Liz to actually go to Galaxy's Edge. Ooh. Uh, I will match it if anybody is new and adds on to it. And so that we can get Liz out to Galaxy's Edge. Because it's amazing. But Disney charges like uh, there's nobody else out there that's as awesome. And oh, wait. Yep. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> because they can. So, yeah. Actually, if you don't want to do the Patreon thing... We also have another option. If you want to just help support like for this trip, you can actually send money to our PayPal account. 
So if you guys want to help me get out to California so that we can do some fun things out there, you can go to, if you don't want to do Patreon, which we get, we understand, if you just want to help us out with this, or like sometimes we have to upgrade equipment, if you want to do a tip jar, buy us a drink, whatever you want to do, we appreciate it, you can actually send it to our PayPal account. And the email address for that is just contact us at nerdybitches.com. And then that money goes straight to helping the show. We don't take a salary from this. It's, it's just for paying out for the show. So any way you can help us, we really appreciate it because we are small potatoes. <laughs> yeah. But that being said, we have so much fun. And yeah. we love when we get to talk to uh, when we get to talk to our listeners. You know, a lot of them come up to us at these different events that they know that we're at. And it's so much fun. And it, it gives so much validation to what we're doing. So we thank you uh, regardless for listening to us. Oh, hey, um, I do want to recommend if anybody is out in Utah, November 16th, Everything I Love for Movies is having a live showing uh, or a live podcast about Deep Blue Sea. They're actually, I think they're, it's at a theater, isn't it? Or is it the brewery? Yeah, yeah, it's at, it's no, it's Brewies, which is a movie theater that you can um, have beer at. So they're hosting the movie, not just a podcast. So yeah, go check that out. It's in Ogden. Is that right? Yeah, that one's in Ogden. Fun fact, this is where uh, my husband and I had our first date. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, sweet. So another fun fact and another thing happening on November 16th, here in Houston, if you are local or if you're close enough to Texas or if you can find a cheap flight on Southwest, sometimes you can get like $44 $44 fare. It'd be awesome. We are having the H-Town Podfest. This is the second year that we've done this, and it's going to be at Bar Boheme. Uh, in Midtown or in uh, Montrose, excuse me. And it's so much fun. And this is pretty much just like a mixer. It's meet and greet. So it's podcasters from the Houston area. A lot of our buddies are going to be there, but also listeners are coming. So that's so much fun. We met some great people last year and I'm really looking forward to it this year. Yeah. So, all right. All right. Now well. on to the actual <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah. We come up with this idea, the women of series mm-hmm. some months ago and we said, Oh, we'll do one every other month. So that was five months ago that we did the last one. <laughs> was it that long? I think it was in July, wasn't it? I don't know what month uh, it is. No, because I was had moved by then. So yeah, uh, no, no. the la- the first one that we did was the only one that we've done so far, and that was the Women of Villainy. But unfortunately, like our book club and everything else, sometimes other pressing matters get in the way, and you know we do the best we can. Again, there's only two of us. We do the best we can. Mm-hmm. So yeah. anyway, we wanted to do more of the Women of series. And we have a big list of all of these different fandoms that we like, movies, books, you know, TV, whatever it is. And so I put them in a randomizer, you know, hit go. And the one that popped up for this month is the Women of Harry Potter. We have been longtime Harry Potter fans, and I think that you'll see that, especially if you go back to some of our earlier episodes, where we did a Harry Potter episode about once every five or six episodes, Mm -hmm. and eventually said, you know what, let's give it a break. And we still do the Harry Potter book club, don't forget. And um, I believe the next one is year five. Four. We haven't done Goblet of Fire yet. Oh, yes. We just we did a prisoner of Azkaban earlier this year with Randy from Mm -hmm. Cult 45. And it was hilarious. If you haven't heard that one, go listen, because it's amazing. Yeah. So we do our Harry Potter book club, but we don't really have Harry Potter centric episodes anymore. um, Because we just had done so many. So now that we've spaced ourselves out, it's okay to do another one. (laughs) 
<laughs> so tell me, Heather, when did you first kind of become aware of Harry Potter and, and its sphere of influence? Um, I went to one of the first ep- uh, first movies of Harry Potter, and I didn't, I mean, I liked it, but, you know, it was Sorcerer's Stone, so it wasn't like the greatest movie that it just hooked you on. Mm-hmm. And, well, it's a movie um, for 11-year-olds. It's kind of, you know. Exactly. Exactly. So I saw the movie, and then I saw, like, the second movie, and I'm, you know, I wasn't totally in love with it. Then I used to work with Kitty, one of our Patreons and uh, mm-hmm. past guests, and she actually turned me on to the books. And in an entire summer, I read every single Harry Potter book, and it was the summer in which the seventh book came out. Mm-hmm. It was so good. And, uh, you know, after that, I've been hooked and, you know, reread it several times, obviously for the book club, rewatched the movies all the time. Yeah. And... I just, and I absolutely loved it. So that would have been, I probably was in my mid-20s by then, maybe. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, probably mid-20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the first Harry Potter book came out in 1997. And I would say that I kind of first became aware of it, I think I was in graduate school. So it was probably around 2000. The books had been out for a little while. The movies had already started coming out before I started seeing them. So it was a, probably a couple of more years. I think the um of all four the first four books were out and my mom had bought the box set and I borrowed them from her I think I had seen the first movie at that point and then I read the first four and so then I had to wait because it took her like a year between each book or more to get these books out and so I've read the first four like back to back just and then I got to the fifth book and I was like oh gotta wait and so I had it like pre-ordered and sat down and read the whole thing same thing with six and seven so I wasn't on the first wave by any means. So anyway, obviously we are huge Harry Potter fans. Like we, we really like them. We enjoy them. Um, So when we started this women of series, we obviously this was going to be one that we were going to talk about. Yeah. So I thought rather than just going through the list of every character in random order, I'd kind of group them together and, uh, and talk about them in that capacity. And obviously some of these people will, cross different lines and they'll be in different different categories a couple of times but but for just for the most part we want to talk about all of the different ladies who show up in this series because it's rare i think that you know that a fandom that's this populated and this this big has such like this one has a huge number of women some of the ones that we have on our list to cover not so many so I know. Well, I think part of it is because there's a female writer. And so there is something to be said for the fact that uh, one of the women of Harry Potter is J.K. Rowling herself. Right. Yeah, she she's amazing. Exactly. And it, even though that she her, you know, her going by J.K. Rowling was because she this is the only way that she'd become accepted as a writer anyway, so that nobody knew if she was a female. Well, I think that's, you know, yeah. And I think she was talking about... Um, or it, it falls into that category. Like apparently my dad was telling me yesterday, she writes another series, but she writes it under the name of like Richard something or other. So she's mm-hmm. just told because she's writing like murder mysteries. And I, and I was like, well, you know what though? That's really hard to get into as a woman. So my favorite novelist who writes these like murder mystery books is a lady. She's been writing these books since like the early to mid eighties. But she goes by initials, just like J.K. does. She's uh, J.A. Jance is who I who I read a ton of her books, and and that's just what 
I think a lot of female authors have to do in order to be taken seriously in the publishing world and getting people to read the books, especially men. Men don't like reading lady books for some reason. Yeah, I think that there is just kind of a subconscious, if it's a woman writing it, it's a romance novel. Right, and not I, true. In yeah, and I don't think that, I mean, if you were like, oh, no, this isn't that type of book, and you, like, talk to a man about that, you could get rid of some of that systematic thinking, but the problem is that takes effort, and it takes explanation, and, you know, that doesn't work, you know, just to get it out there, just throw initials on it, that way nobody thinks about it. Yeah, I just ran across an article in our Lady Pod Squad Slack group, we're always sharing things back and forth, and Justine, um, who's our one of the hosts of the Cutaways podcast had posted, a, and it's from The Independent, there's basically an article out that says, Martin Scorsese, quote, I don't have time to write female characters. If the story doesn't call for it, then it's a waste of everybody's time, end quote. Yeah. This is the problem we're dealing with. And, you know, we've talked a lot in the past about representation and seeing people like you, you know, however you identify Seeing like characters is going to bring you closer into a fandom, and it's going to also make things seem possible. You know, for a really long time mm -hmm. in the arts, all plays were men. Women in plays were played by men. So if you don't see women performing in plays, you think there are no female actors, right? And so, you know, it, it just trickles down. Same thing with writers and with with heroes, right? If we only see the great white hero all the time and it's a dude, that's what every fucking movie is. And it gets so tiresome. And why we have we, we have a little white hero here. We also know that, you know, the writer is a woman. She has put a very strong female character in there who has basically kept these dumb boys from getting murdered every year. Yeah, so this this is very important because there is a ton of representation in this Harry Potter universe. And I think that it's, you know, it's good that we're focusing on it and that everybody else gets to see that as well. I agree. Um, the women in this, uh, in Harry Potter, though, I think that they are plentiful, though, because of that fact. Yeah, because. Agreed. I mean, yes, writing, I guess, cross-gender is difficult, but that doesn't mean that it's not fulfilling at the end of the day. I mean, Harry Potter's the lead character. It's a man. It was written by a woman. And they're, I mean, he's a little dumb, but the, I mean, that's kind of, that's his character. His character doesn't make him a... But 11-year-old uh, boys are dumb. I mean, I'm sorry if that sounds horrible. And he remains dumb through through his teenage well, years. That sounds about right. That. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds absolutely correct. Well, when you're when you are raised as a okay, spoilers for Harry Potter. If you have not read or seen Harry Potter and you don't want it to be spoiled, go away. Come back later. <laughs> when you are raised as the sacrificial lamb in this big epic story, you're gonna be dumb. You cannot be a sacrificial lamb and in the know. Right. Because yeah. And know you're the sacrificial land. That, yeah. yeah. That defeats the, the point. Like if you know you're, sac you know, you're supposed to be sacrificed or you have to be in order for this to happen, things are not going to go according to how they need to go. And while we all think Dumbledore's a dick for doing this because he is, again, if that's the only way shit's going to go down, then that's what you have to do. So yeah. you can't have Hermione be Harry 
because she's too fucking smart for it. She would have figured it out like year two. Yeah. Especially that whole season that she, or it's whole season, that whole book that she was in a coma and because she'd resolved the damn uh, yeah. mystery and they're Halfway like, well, through, we can't like, keep oh. her around. Yeah, you go to sleep because we need these dumb, dumb boys to go through all the bad shit to get where they need to be. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. So we're going to get on to Hermione in a bit because obviously she's probably going to be the one we talk about the most. But, but like I said, I broke these down into kind of groups. So let's talk about them that way so that it's not just all yeah. over the place. The first group I want to look at is the moms. All right. So we start off with Lily Potter, right? We, she's not in the book. I mean, she's not really, she's dead. You know, she's been dead for yeah. 10 years when this, you know, the first book opens or not necessarily when it opens, but by the time, by chapter two, she's been dead for 10 years. And I think it's, it's one of those things that she's referenced so much through this and her, her actions, her abilities, her sacrifice, all of these things were so important to the character development for Harry Potter, but also as we find out later for Snape and for James and, you know, just a lot of different characters. Yeah, all of the Marauders, yeah. Yeah, you know, all of the Marauders, the the Order of the Phoenix, they've all been influenced by Lily. And, you know, I think if she wasn't a strong female who, you know, I mean, honestly, she kept, she, she was the Hermione of her day. She kept the dumb, dumb boys from just going off into bully land and being idiots. Barely. Apparently, she wasn't terribly effective at that. But uh, she also didn't really join up with them until later. So they they had already done a lot of that shit before she really kind of came on board. She didn't really like them all that much to begin with. Yeah, I I think that um, Hogwarts isn't really progressive or aware of their biases in general. Like they Mm -hmm. think that it's okay to I mean, if somebody is outright racist nowadays, you don't associate with them. Right. Well, or say that. Until <laughs> 2016, you don't associate with them. Right. And, um, uh, and, but in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, um, they seem to be like, okay, when a whole group of people are like anti what they call mudbloods, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, and they're like, oh, you know, that's just how they are. Right. It's, it's like really- if you just just imagine going to school where everybody is called whatever the most mm-hmm. horrible name for your mm-hmm. marginalized yeah. group is, and they just openly say it. You know, it's nothing. Yeah. Nobody cares, and nobody and like nobody really even blinks an eye even around those people. Mm-hmm. Like they're just like, yeah, ah, that's just what they say. I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's like, this isn't your, like, old racist aunt that's, like, senile, that even when you convince <laughs> them, they can't stop doing it because they forget that we've had this conversation before. I, this is... This but I've is, been saying it for 40 years. How am I yeah. supposed to change? Like, yeah. just do it, Grandpa Joe. You're trash. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's just... It, I know. It just doesn't make any sense that this this group is like completely okay with it. They're also completely okay with putting children into harm's way without any really thinking much about it. Yeah, um, I think Lily would have been against that if she had lived. <laughs> I oh, I agree. I think Lily was was a lot more like Hermione, but I also see like even when they were talking about James a lot, is that. When somebody's dead, like nobody ever talks bad about them or like they could never be 
a terrible person. And, and I liked that they actually brought kind of that background. Like, James may not have been... You can idolize him all you want. But, mm-hmm. like, he wasn't 100% good, you know? No, he, he was wasn't a like He was a bully. Yeah, exactly. He was a douche. And yeah, I, uh, I think that... I think the statement that there are not enough moms at Hogwarts is, is fair. And I think that's probably why a lot of this bullshit happens. Because there's nobody there going... That's really a yeah. terrible thing for this. This kid is 11 and you're putting him in charge of one of the most powerful, like arcane type objects we we have. Like, okay, yeah. who thought that was a good idea? Have you met yeah. an 11 year old? They'll lose their head if it wasn't attached. Yeah, I do. I mean, there was a, there's a whole bunch in the whole storyline that we tar- start to see that we're like, maybe Lily's influence would have been better. I mean, Miss McGonagall, she very well i think we'll go to her next i think right yeah. she, you considered her a mom character right she's in my teacher category but i do uh, consider her a mom character i think she's as close as a lot of these kids get she is is guiding a force for harry potter i think as any other female role models however she also is does the this is what wizards do we break rules if it uh, if it works well for us. I mean, she's probably more harsh than any of them. But, you know, when Harry Potter clearly stole the snitch, right, er, stole the snitch, <laughs> rode his broom yeah. and stole that little remember all from mm-hmm. Neville. Yeah. When he was told specifically that if he did that, he would get suspended. <laughs> she's like, a new seeker. Uh, she's like um shit we need Gryffindor to win the World Cup or whatever the fuck it's called and and, uh, so let's forget about that rule and then when they drove the car she's like school hasn't started yet so it's fine it's okay we hadn't eaten our pudding yet so it's fine so so yeah you technically didn't break the rules during school time so like (laughs) I mean there's a lot of like Uh, There's a lot of justification for this behavior that would not have been a, you know, and and again, some of that has to do with favoritism, which is not good. And, you know, again, Harry being the chosen one and all of these people, you know, except Snape, who's like, you know, listen, I'll protect him, but he's a nasty little fucker. And it gets away with anything and everything he wants. And that's not fair. Yeah, it's not fair unless he was Slytherin and then he would be all over like giving him all the points and stuff like he does anywhere. Mm -hmm. But yes. All right. So women are a good. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love McGonagall. And um, I think that one of our previous uh, Internet quotes was that she was going to like wait until she was going to mark on a calendar the date that the Weasley and the Potter families were uh, uh, bloodlines had converged into that, you know, the mm-hmm. Lily and James Potter that they had. Yep. And Severus or uh, Albus. Albus Severus. Yeah. Albus Severus. And she's like, and on their 11th birthday, she's going to retire because she right. can't handle the Weasley slash Potter <laughs> bloodline. Can't take the merging of the evil. Yeah, yeah. she could hand she could handle Sirius Black and she could handle Lupin and she could handle Potter. But not Potter Weasley. That's a yeah. bad Potter, combination. Potter Weasley is a bad combo. And it really never should have happened. But whatever. I move on. So I, I would say the next big like mom influence throughout this, and probably the largest overarching mom to me anyway, is Molly Weasley. Oh, of course. Yeah. 
this woman is the woman that you dream about. Like if you're an orphan kid and you're dreaming about finding a mom, that's Molly Weasley because she's got seven kids of her own and no money and the world's most ramshackle house. But she's like, what's one more kid? Bring them on. And I will love you so fiercely that I will murder on your behalf if necessary at the end of this book. So, yeah. And, and that is amazing. Like Harry grew up with Petunia Dursley. Lily's yeah, sister. She had no idea. Yeah. She, she had no got, idea what a mom was. Yeah. At he all. had no love. He had no love growing up. And to go from the absence of love to just the complete embodiment and spirit of motherly love outside of his own mother, I don't think Harry could have gone wrong with, with Molly Weasley. Now, I, I think that uh, Molly was everything that he needed. And he saw that she can be disciplined and be upset with her children, but still protect them mm-hmm. and love them and guide them. And I don't think he probably ever react understood that because he's only been dealt with punishment and that type of relationship where it was just like, you just toe the line and if not, you're punished, but there's no positive enforcement. So he learned from her what being a real mom was. Now I'm not saying that his childhood would make him a terrible dad. It likely would be that way, but if any, if Molly Weasley, I hope her influence and Ginny's influence uh, would help out because he's got all of the signs. If he were a uh, female, if Harry Potter were a female, he'd be a stripper. Like, he <laughs> so true. I, he would saying, be a like, meth stripper, not, that not is, just a regular stripper. <laughs> exactly. That is somebody that's going to have daddy issues and mommy mm-hmm. issues. And needs to figure out a way around it. <laughs> uh, so thank God for Molly Weasley and Minerva McGonagall. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, the funny thing, like even with Aunt Petunia, all right? So we've talked about her in our different book club episodes. And I, I don't even think she's as mean as she is just indifferent, right? Everything about Harry is off-putting to her. She has no interest but she's not a bad mom. She's not a good mom to him. She's a terrible mom to him. She's a good mom to Dudley. I mean, she's obnoxious and she's overbearing and she's, you know, well, I mean, you and know, gives, Daddy and gives him whatever he like wants. Yeah. 27, give him everything he wants and she's indulgent. So she is not, it's, it's not that she doesn't know love. It's that she's choosing not to share it with him. And that indifference is worse than a hatred or anything else, I think, personally. But I want to know where the fuck is British children's services during all of this this kid's living in a fucking staircase like really nobody notices that like i get it dudley's a dick right he's not gonna turn anybody in they probably don't have a ton of people over because they're not pleasant people as much as they think they are perfectly normal in every way thank you very much but you know at least one of dudley's friends had to have been somewhat of a good person underneath like maybe way down like real deep down under the layers of you know, Axe body spray and baby fat, like down under there, probably a good person would have gone home and go, you know, I I don't know. I just think it's weird that Harry lives under the stairs uh, with the spiders and nobody cares. And he serves, and he serves Dudley like, like, uh, like he's indentured. Like it's just something's off. I mean, I, I feel like most kids would figure that out if they were from a healthy family, but maybe not. 
I would have. I would have been very concerned to find out that a kid in my grade, whether I was friends with them or not, whether I thought they were weird or not, if I thought that they were living under the stairs and serving at, and you know acting as a servant, but maybe maybe it's because I'm American and we are not a servant culture. Well, know. you know, remember though, know, he, they also went to a different school. He went to the public school where Dudley went to the private school. And I think that that would also be kind of like a red flag. It's like, so your brother, I mean, they wouldn't really know the difference. Um, your right. brother doesn't go to the same school as you because your parents don't think he's smart enough or like. But again, why aren't the teachers at this school that he's going to for the first, you know, five years he's in school? Why are they not like, why is this kid wearing clothes that are 12 sizes too mm-hmm. big for him always? Why does he not have a haircut? Why does he just look raggedy all yeah. the time? You know, like. Somebody's dropped the ball on Harry Potter's world, and it's not just yeah. the Dursleys. There's a whole, and, and maybe it's the Horcrux thing. Yeah. I don't know. But nobody seems to care or pay him much mind. And I don't know if that has to do with with Dumbledore's protection spell, if that has to do with the Dursleys. Yep. Just, or, or wizard I don't, interference. I don't know. Who knows? Yep. I don't know. Kind of sad. Makes yeah. me sad for Harry. It makes me sad for everybody else in the little wind jig because clearly nobody's mm-hmm. getting taken care of. If you know, if there's there's situations of abuse happening. I don't think anybody's yep. taking care of it. So, uh. all right. So the next mom on my list is uh, probably an odd one to pick, but I picked to look at Narcissa well, Malfoy. Yeah, I think that she was influenced more by her husband and by her upbringing than necess- but than necessarily like her desire she really was maternal she really 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 cared about draco and she cared about him so much and i think that's the thing i think she got into something like you do right when you're young you're a teenager and you get in with the bad crowd or whatever you just kind of go along with it right maybe you're not in it maybe you're not out actively killing people or whatever but you're just like eh, whatever she's, she's definitely not like and, her sister but I think throughout yeah. the story well, that's the thing. She's got two sisters. She's got Bellatrix Lestrange, crazy. who is yeah. fucking psychotic and crazed about this whole, you know, hero worship bullshit. And then she's got, and I don't even remember what her name is. Um, she's got Andromeda. Is that right? Um, yeah. Tonks' mom. So her mother is sisters with the other two. And she's a good person. She's not a death eater. She's, she's always been, you know, she's just an order of the Phoenix person. So... I think Narcissa kind of falls in the middle. She's just like all of us that are like, you know, you see the bad boy, you know, they're bad for you, but you kind of drawn to it. Yeah. Yeah. But he's got great he's hair. Got great so hair. <laughs> go with it. And then before you know it, you're married and you've got this little shithead kid, but you love him because he's yours. You know, you wouldn't put up with it from anybody else. And, you know, you have this certain status in life and you've got the one child and you dote on the one child. But I think she had pretty great character development. I mean, honestly, we don't see her. We don't really see her until like, what, the fifth or yeah, sixth Yeah, we really book? Like don't it's see way her, down yeah. the line. She doesn't even come into play until she's like asking Snape to make this unbreakable promise kind of thing to help Draco. But to go from being the Malfoys, who are this, you know, high-standing, death-eaten kind of family, to, I just want to know that my kid is okay. 
if you tell my kid is okay, I will disobey the Dark Lord right here because I don't give a fuck. I want to know where my kid is. And I want to know that he's alive. And if you tell me he's alive, then I'm going to pretend you're dead so that he doesn't murder you again because yeah. he just tried to eight seconds ago. <laughs> and I, I just I really like that about her, that she's one of those people. And, and you know, and even – Oh, shit, was the same? Lucius Malfoy. Towards the end of, and we're not talking about men, but towards the end of that seventh thing, he's like, well, this guy who I was once so hopeful to be in high standing with has taken over my house, has stolen my wand, has, you know, ordered my kid to become a murderer, has done terrible things right here. I'm not being treated very well anymore. I'm being treated like garbage. My family is being kicked around. I'm just kind of ready to get my kid yeah. to go. Like, they're just like, I'm going to sneak out of here. Bye. Yeah, I think that he's kind of the type of person that goes for the winning team. And if he's not going to be on the winning team, he needs to figure out a way to be there. Like, you know, that's what he told um, told Voldemort. Well, had I known, even just heard that you were alive, I would have been here in a second. Because he knew that he wasn't alive. Yeah. And so, therefore, he goes back to his old life at the ministry and not Voldemort Death Eater. Uh, pretending. Yeah. Right, exactly. It's like, and that's the thing, like, how evil are you if you're like, eh, bad regime's down, I'm just going to lay low and work for them? Maybe one day. If I had heard a rumor, there were plenty of rumors, you know, that like, like, eh, like he's clearly just not as invested as he wants people to think he is. Yeah. I think that's, that's a lot of people in power. They're kind of going to wait and see where the wind blows, mm -hmm. you know. I guess you can't blame. Yeah, in every in every corporation, there's somebody that just you know doesn't join a team until mm -hmm. they need to, and yeah. you know what? They always end up rising. So who the fuck? I mean, we can't, Ugh, we can't blame them for it. I guess at that point, mm. you know. Mm. I mean, can I'm we? not I'm not saying it's the equivalent of the Death Eaters, but you know, standing back, standing <laughs> well, back, and waiting to see who gets a promotion is kind of a different story. <laughs> yeah, so somewhat. It's like, do I stay or do I go? Those are my options, I guess. So the last, the last one on my list that I have under moms, though she falls into multiple categories, mom, big sister, you know, whatever you want to look at, is, is Tonks. So Nymphadora yeah. Tonks. And I just love her. She is an amazing character. She's strong. She's feisty. She's sassy. She doesn't want anybody to call her by her name because it stinks. I get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I really like uh, I really like her character. She's a Hufflepuff, and uh, you don't get that from her because there's not that many Hufflepuff main characters. But mm -hmm. she is uh, she's kind she's kind of delightful in that she can change. Um, do shapeshift. I mean, she's got a thing for older men, clearly, but um, mm. because I don't know, in the books, they don't say that Lupin is that much older. But Tonks, mm -hmm. you know, Tonks is the daughter of the sister of Narcissista, right? So she's going to be closer to Harry's yes. age than she is to... Yeah, she's probably just a year or two out of Hogwarts. Yeah. But honestly... And he's a the, teacher. I mean, I'm just saying. None of those people are very old. They make them look old in the movies, but they're not. Harry's parents were like 19 when he was born. Yeah. So they would have been 37, 38 years old. I'm older than that. So, <laughs> like, these people just don't... They're just not that old. So there's really not a huge amount of, of space, I think, between them. Still so. creep me out little bit especially the movies yeah. because he was so much older than her in the movies yeah. well again they they made it look more 
parental, you know. And again, it's similar in other books, like Twilight and things like that. Her dad was like 36 years old. <laughs> like, okay, that's pretty young. That's, you know, it's younger than my youngest sibling at this point. And it's like, yeah. and he has an 18-year-old daughter, 19-year-old mm-hmm. daughter. So Yeah, weird. What are you going to do? Okay. It is weird. But I love Tonks. I think she's a great character. I think she, you know, she, she stands up for people. She is not afraid to be loud and outspoken and purple hair and a, you know, blonde society kind of thing. Anyway, so that's, that's the end of my mom list. Um, the next list I have is the teachers. And we already talked about Professor McGonagall, who is really just the end all be all for most teachers. But obviously, we do have more, mm-hmm. you know, feminine influences here. We've got Professor Sprout, who is the herbology professor. Yeah, and I really like Professor Sprout, because first of all, how could you go into anything but herbology if your last name's Sprout? <laughs> yeah. Um, second, though, she reminds me of a lot of, like, high school teachers in, like, a very similar subject. Maybe not, you know, that maybe a home ec teacher mm-hmm. would remind me a lot of her. Um, just like, this is how you do it. This, let's get there and get it done. And, and here's a skill. And very teacherly. Yeah, it's like I see herbology like similar to biology. And obviously, you know, she would make a perfect high school biology teacher. Just very straight to the point, down to earth, a little bit roly-poly in the best way possible. I just love her. She's fantastic. Yeah, there's not a lot of ambiguity in herbology. So, um, like, this is the facts, black and white, easy enough. Yeah, I I liked her. Um, I also liked Madame Hooch. Did you have Madame Hooch on the list? I do have Madame Hooch on there. I got all the ladies, yeah. I'm pretty sure, except for, you know, obscure, extra person. So Yeah. Yeah, so I, um, Madam Hooch, I really liked, you know, she, she taught flying, and she was also the referee for the Quidditch games. But, man, th- like, there is a stereotype of PE teachers, and they just, like, all just grouped right into Madam Hooch. She reminded me of my PE teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. She definitely <laughs> reminds me, especially yeah. my junior high level PE teachers. Okay. So the last professor that I have on my list was Professor Trelawney. So Sybil Trelawney is the divination teacher. So she's very mystical and whatever. And I think she's only made one accurate prediction in her entire uh, life and career. But that happened to be the one that talks about Harry and Voldemort and how you know, they have to kill each other or whatever. So this is yeah. the prediction. All the other and ones it was, are crap. Yeah. Except for she did have one uh, during Prisoner of Azkaban where that came true too. And she had no recollection of it. Yeah. So this is kind of, not only was the Harry Potter uh, uh, prophecy a self-fulfilling one, but it's kind of it for her too. This is her only apparent skill is when this, these predictions come through and she changes her, you know, way of thinking, talking, and mm-hmm. then she doesn't remember that she had them. And so then what do you do for a living after that when everything else you're very bad at, but you were good <laughs> twice in your career and you don't recall what you did when that happened. So I guess those who can't teach. Yeah, I think you just thank your stars that uh, Dumbledore lets you stick around and gives you a salary and a place to live. So I, I, I agree because maybe I, she doesn't even get a salary, though. It's just room and board because what do you need there. it for? Like, what are you buying? Yeah. So 
Anyway, let's take a quick break and we come back, we can talk about our last two categories, which is the villains and the allies or, you know, the the kind of students. So, okay. Hi, I'm Sunny Hepburn and I'm Brandy Fleeks. And this is Book of Lies, the podcast where we discuss liars, cheats and thieves, scammers and dirty rotten scoundrels. So tune in for new episodes every Tuesday to hear about another low-down, dirty liar. And learn how to spot them. So that's Book of Lies podcast. Find us on your favorite podcast player or on Twitter at Book of Lies pod, on Instagram at Book of Lies podcast, and on Facebook at Book of Lies podcast. And if you want to send us an email, send us one at bookoflivespodcast at gmail.com. Okay? Bye-bye! Hi, everyone. I'm Ashley. And I'm Justine. And And we we make make up the Cutaways Podcast. We're watching the good, the bad, and the essentials of the romantic comedy genre. So far, we've fallen in love with Cary Grant, met up with our terrible friend, pal Joey, and had the desire to run our fingers through Patrick Dempsey's hair. Join our slumber party for your ears every other week, brought to you in stereo from our blanket fort in Hollywood, California. You can find and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Our digital blanket fort can be found at thecutaways.com. If you are the social butterfly types, you can also find us on twitter facebook and instagram as at cutaways podcast bye okay and we're back and now we are going to talk about our school girls now i have a whole list of these but we're not going to talk about everybody because most of them are kind of also ran anyway um but we definitely want to talk about uh luna lovegood who is one of my favorite characters ever yeah, I, I mean, I really like uh, Luna Lovegood. I like the way that she's written, and everybody knows somebody that they went to school that is like that. And if you don't know of anybody that you went to school that's like that, it's you. <laughs> that's right. I think the best thing about Luna, and and it's probably a best and a worst thing, that the kids don't recognize about her. They just think she's weird, right? She's just yeah. a weird kid. But I think the coolest thing about Luna from an adult perspective is she just doesn't give a fuck what anybody else thinks. She I know, doesn't care. It? She knows who she is. She knows what she likes and what she believes in. And she just lives her life. And I think there are so many of us who just wish we did that. You know? And can you imagine doing that at that age? Like, no. no. I'm barely doing it now. Yeah. You know, like I mean, I'm at the point where I give very, very few fucks about what people think. Really don't mm-hmm. care that much. I mean, I got a podcast. I just, you know, <laughs> yeah. the stuff we talk about probably makes me slightly unemployable. But the fact is, I would not have been doing that at 13 years old when Harry Furtz really meets Luna. I, I wouldn't. So, Mm-mm. no. I, I mean, I remember like my senior year of high school and then the, my, the final year of junior high school, I had a little bit of less fucks to give because when you're the oldest one, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Senioritis yeah. is a real thing. Yeah. I gave no fucks my senior year. I was like, I already have enough points to graduate. I don't care. I don't need a house cup. You know, I just didn't care. So Yeah, I was I was like that, too. I was like, I shouldn't even I don't even need to be here. Yeah, it's like as soon as my college acceptance letter came in, I was like, why am I still here? What's happening? I know. 
I know. It's like, why do they accept people into school before they're graduated? <laughs> right. Because that's just a bad idea. Because it doesn't <laughs> matter. You get a degree and you get a degree and nobody cares because it's a high yep. school degree and nobody cares. At least yep. if you listen to uh, all of the old people in this country. <sighs> anyway, so Luna, Luna's amazing. I love her. She's got a crazy dad, you know, and that's the thing. When you come from crazy stock, you're just going to... That you're going to, you know, you're going to get some of the crazy juice on you. And that's okay. You know, we need weird people in the world because they make it interesting. If everyone was a Malfoy, oh my God, it would be so boring. I saw a quote on a t-shirt the other day and it said, you can't make a difference if you're not different. And I kind of get that with Luna. Yeah. That, um, you know, she, she doesn't, um, she doesn't try to make waves to make waves she's just not the same and yeah she's just swimming in a different pool than everybody else but i think the other thing i love about her because there's a lot of people who don't give a fuck and they're dicks that's where luna is different she doesn't care what people think about her but she's kind to everybody mm-hmm. even though they are not kind to her at all people treat her like crap but she's got just the sunniest disposition of anybody ever. I mean, just yeah. she's an amazing character. Yes. So I agree. <laughs> I feel like she was written for Ivana Lynch. I really do. Like she there is just not I, I could not imagine the look of anybody else as Luna as I do with her. So. Oh, I, I agree. I completely see her and I don't, you know, reading the books i can't picture anybody else so mm-hmm. but also when i see her in other things i'm like hey look luna lovegood got a job so <laughs> it's hard to separate the two but yeah. i think i think like daniel radcliffe is like that for me too i've seen emma watson enough stuff that i she's very you know she's very versatile i can i can picture her elsewhere but not so much on the others so then okay go ahead. yeah i was gonna let's talk about Ginny. Yes, Jenny was next on my list as well. Yeah, I wasn't in love with the storyline with uh, Harry Potter and her. Mm-mm. Nope. Um, I think it was bothered more on the movie level because she looked so... She never grew up. She, her face never matured. And so Harry Potter's face matured. And she kind of retained that baby face. And it kept bothering me because I kept seeing the little six-year-old that was, or 11-year-old <laughs> that was, got possessed by Tom Riddle. And I was like, all right, you guys are making out in the room of requirement and all, but like, doesn't she remind you of the little girl that was just <laughs> like, I mean, it just happened like two seasons ago. <laughs> yeah, I think, I don't know. I think there's there's a better storyline for Ginny in the books than yeah. than the movies for sure. But I just, I just don't think she was really. I don't think she was all that fleshed out, to be honest. She was I didn't just think so. yeah. the girl. She was the girl in a family full of boys. She was her mother's favorite because she was the girl. Finally, that's kind of it. She had a crush on Harry Potter, and then she dates somebody else, and Harry Potter's jealous. But she just doesn't ever really become a person. You know, yeah. like Hermione's got thoughts and ambitions, and Ron's got well, thoughts, I guess. I don't know about ambitions. He's driving an ice cream truck. But, you know, I just, I just don't feel like she ever, I, I, there was not a compelling enough case for them to end up together for me. I still think that she should, you know, Hermione should have ended up with Harry, not Jenny. 
Yeah, I mean, you didn't get a personality. Like, yes, Iran is really kind of dumb. And you didn't get... you, But you got a personality from him. Like, you know, he's petulant and jealous, you know. But right. he's... Uh, at the end of the day, he's still as loyal as he can be. And he still is brave and, and living under the shadow of his brother's soul life. So you got to see that. But you never saw Ginny get flushed out that way. Just right. like you were saying. And so she was just kind of this boring uh ginger weasley that just like we've already got them and the other ones have personalities and this one is just kind of meh right it's like why why yeah and you're a girl the end like yeah now the, the books i do think did it a little bit better um but i mean they don't talk about the fact that Ginny is a, a kick-ass quidditch player like, right you don't get that you don't get the i mean because that you know the uh, jock from her you don't get that at all at all Not no no and and the movie really glosses over all of that like you know i mean she's pretty much standing with harry in the beginning of one movie telling people to shut up and that's it like that's the end of her quidditch career she goes on to like professionally pay play quidditch and become like a quidditch journalist like yeah you don't get that from her in the movies at all no you don't you get her as a girl in the movies that mm-hmm. you know the uh, the love interest she's with, a very important mop yeah like we she, said in our exactly our princess diary or princess bride we should name princess diaries but mm-hmm. no, in our princess bride episode we talked about how princess buttercup is basically a very important mop she could have been replaced with a mop and nobody would have noticed exactly so. all she needed to do was to give birth to james lily and severus albus or whatever right. the fuck. you know that's what her job was at the end of the day yep that's sad so. Because mm-hmm. that's it's kind of the antithesis of what she's doing with all of these other characters, you know. Exactly. So, you know, getting to the the big event here is Miss Hermione Jean Granger. She's Ugh. amazing. She's amazing. I mean, this, I love, I've seen some memes before where they've retitled all of the Harry Potter books to Hermione Granger and the overthrowing of the patriarchy or, you know, Hermione yeah. Granger and another year of bullshit or all this other kind of stuff. And it's like, yes, that's what it was. Because first of all, they would have been dead before the end of the first year. Yep. Long before the end of the first year, you know, it's, like, it's just stupid. They, you know, and they have zero respect for it until like book six or something. Yeah. Like they just don't care. They're like, eh, Hermione's all right. We're like, dude, one, she keeps you alive too you she lets you copy her fucking papers all the time which is really hard to believe that that would happen because she was such a goody goody you know what i mean yeah so yeah i, I mean know. she was she was the only one that brought brains to it now i i think that and i you get the impression that harry potter likes to kind of go with his gut and he's usually right and mm-hmm. so the combination of Harry and Hermione, you know, works out well, especially when they're solving mysteries and things like that. Yeah, I don't know what Ron is there for. He is there for comic relief. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, uh, I think if you just had the two of them together, much like we saw in book seven, yeah. where it was just the two of them, because Ron like got sick of things and horcruxing and took off. They were not that great, just the two of them together. I mean, they almost died a couple of times. And they were sad. It was kind of, they tried to be happy. You know, they were, they tried to look at the bright side of things and, but they just didn't, 
they didn't have somebody that could help them focus like that. So the three of them together are, are a great trio, but yeah, Hermione really holds a load. Yeah, agreed. And she's just a cool character. Again, the thing I liked about this, this is one of those books that really shows how cool nerds can be, right? Like everybody kind of hates her at the beginning because she's a know-it-all. She's got all the answers and she did the homework and she blows the curve. I've been that girl. I get it. But as it grows, they really get to, they're like, listen, she loves the library. She's a nerd. She knows the answer to everything. And she's the coolest kid on the block. She figures everything out beforehand. She knows what to do. You know what I mean? Like Lupin is a werewolf. (laughs) She's like, I knew that from the second day of school. Like I kept your secret, figured it out. And I I love the meme that's like, how did you know I was a werewolf? She's like, your name. It's literally werewolf, werewolf, McWerewolf or something. Yeah. (laughs) Lupin Remus or Remus Lupin. Yeah. Literally wolf, McWolf face. So yeah. And not that hard. You know, that's the thing. Like when JK Rowling wrote these books, so many of these fantastical words, they're just Latin for whatever it is. Like, I don't know. Or sometimes they're English, like ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's yeah. just a word. That That's we just a word here. said with a said with a flick. <laughs> well, and like Avada Kedavra yeah. is abracadabra, just changed oh, yeah. up a little bit. So well, they're really I mean, not a, that not that hard to figure out. So yeah. So all right. Oh, so well. I mean, obviously, there are a lot more girls that we come across. We come across the Patel tw- the Patil twins. So Padma mm-hmm. and Pavardi. Lavender Brown is Ron's first girlfriend, and she's the most obnoxious thing, and she gets eaten by a werewolf. Yay. Um, Flor Delacour, you know, we see a ton of her, and she's kind of awesome. And then Moaning Myrtle and Pansy Parkinson, who is like the only Slytherin girl to have a name at all. Yeah. And then you've got Cho Chang, who is like Harry's first crush or whatever. I just don't think she's all that significant in character. I know a lot of people. I did some... uh, social media polling last night, late last night, just to see, hey, who's interested? What's your favorite? Who's your favorite woman? Blah, blah, blah. And Cho came up more often than I would have thought. So apparently a lot of people like her. Uh, but it is nice that we have a they woman of color. They out better there. than they fleshed out Ginny. They actually did. I mean, you know, we have a woman of color here. There's yeah. not that many of them. I mean, I mean, the potential- honestly, all these people were passing over are women of color. A lot of them are, yeah. which is probably... That's probably not good. Yeah. (laughs) It's probably (laughs) shitty on our part now that I'm looking at it. We have a very... So the fact that they were minor characters, however, says a mouthful too. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I guess at least there's some there. You know, we've got got women of different ethnic oranges, origins. I can't even talk. Again, they're kind of minor characters, but it's nice that it's still nice that they're there. You know what I mean? You need the representation. The more representation we get, the more we're going to see. And the more we're going to get minor, you know, minor characters to become more major characters. So Mm -hmm. anyway. So that's kind of it for the schoolgirls. So the last group that I have on my list is the villains. And I don't know, you know, some of these popped up actually as people's favorites. So uh, the first one on my list uh, had a really minor role in the movies, much, much more in the books and in more than one uh, books was Rita Skeeter. Oh, yeah. if If you don't remember her, she's a journalist. She popped up in Goblet of Fire and she writes, you know, 
fantastical bullshit articles that aren't remote. They're just barely based in a kernel of truth ever. And she's also an unregistered animagus. So fuck you, lady who turns into a bug and listens to other people's conversations, which is a little on the nose. I'm just going to yeah. say. And, you know, it is, is pretty. Bugged. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it is also really evident um, that. I mean, she paralleled like British tabloids because apparently they're terrible, uh, mm-hmm. worse than American tabloids, which you didn't want to think is possible until you find out about the British, <laughs> right? And them hacking yeah. into people's voicemails and stuff. And, yeah, the worst. Yeah, and they're then just make like it- standing there with a bug under your door. Hello. Yeah. But yeah, so Rita Skeeter's. I, I consider she's not like a major villain, but she's she's a douchebag. Let's just yeah. throw it out there. She's you know actively trying to write sensational articles she is you know she's terror you know especially after goblet of fire after cedric diggory dies and she writes for the the daily prophet she just writes terrible things about everybody she was writing shit about hermione and victor crumb and you know all of these different different things trying to make it out to be a lot more than it is. And I'm like, you know, these are children yeah. that you're writing about. Like, how sad is your life if you have to try to destroy the lives of children to make a book? I yep. mean, I don't know. I mean, is that a thing? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I know. I it's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I didn't like her. I didn't like her character. I didn't like how um, uh, pushy she was. But she really kind of was like, you know, the the journalist that has no ethics a type mm-hmm. of person and so i'm glad i mean i i liked the character in that sense that they kind of brought her through but man because i just don't like uh people without ethics so <laughs> yeah agreed yeah so the last two on my list i'm gonna put up here and i i really want to see what people think so maybe we need to put this as a twitter poll i would like to see what you guys think of like who is the bigger villain bellatrix lestrange or dolores umbridge Dolores Umbridge. I think so, too. Because, I mean, Bellatrix is crazy. And she's mean. And she's evil. And she's whatever. But I think Dolores Umbridge is more cruel than even Bellatrix. Because she, like, goes under the guise of sickly sweet. You know, it's one of those, like, she comes in as a friend. But she's, you know, total garbage kind of thing. Bellatrix just lives her best life, right? She's just living her best evil life. Everybody can see her coming. You know she's evil. Step to the side. But Dolores, is ju- and she's just cruel and vicious. And Bellatrix will just oh, kill yeah. you. She'll just get it over with. Dolores I, wants to hurt you. I think that um, I think that the reason why Dolores is so upsetting to most people is because they kind of remind them of somebody when they were growing up mm-hmm. that would use their power to for cruel and vindictive purposes. And they just... Uh, just gave no shits about anything. And what's worse is that she's like this power hungry climbing on the backs of children um, to get to the top of the ministry. And, but yes, and just will just lie bald faced to your, um, whatever that term is to your face, lie, bold faced (laughs) lie to your face. And, say are are you're trying to say that this is what i did when yes that's exactly what i'm trying to say this is what you did and yeah and and you know 
so you're pretending you didn't do it. You're you're not admitting facts that are clearly on tape and visible for people to She's see. She's a gaslighter. Yeah. God. Oh, it's awful. And that's why gaslight the shit out of you. That's why she's so bothersome. Why she Mm -hmm. is very disturbing of a person. By questioning me, you are questioning the minister of magic. And and that's the other thing. It's like again, you know, we live in a democratic society. You know, the the Brits are monarchs and shit, but they're they're fairly democratic as well. Oh yeah, they are. They've got the parliament, whatever. So when you live in that society, and you know, we live in that society too, that. Yes, you have a person at the top, and you should probably respect that person, you know, when they deserve it. But in general, we we have the the what's I'm trying to say? Yeah, we don't have the to. responsibility or the the patriotism needs to be to your country, not to a party or to a person in power. That is where dictators come from. When you have to put all your eggs in the basket of the one person who's at top and they're not having any control over that, or you're trying to question someone's loyalty or their patriotism because they don't support this madman at the top, whoever it is, that's when shit goes terribly, terribly wrong. Like, it's like, this is why we have checks and balances. This is why we have a democratic society where we have more than one person making decisions. Exactly. So when you have somebody like Umbridge, she's, again, she's up here like, oh, well, excuse me, but by questioning my techniques, you're questioning his techniques, and he is beyond reproach. And you're like, no, he's kind of an elected official. Like, he really needs to still earn his job every day. If I have to earn my job every day, everybody else should too. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, oh, yeah. So I think that's an interesting. I'm going to put that up as a poll on. Uh, yeah, on Twitter I'm, I'm curious. To, I think that a lot of people think that Dolores is is evil. Now I love. I, I think that um, Bellatrix Lestrange is delightfully evil. She's just oh like, yes. crazy. She's quirky. She's, she's fun like to watch. Little love good decided to go evil. Yeah, I think that's what Bellatrix would be. Yeah, she so just gets no shits. Yeah, like it's like as long as you're not in the path, let's just step but back she's and see what happens. Honest in her intentions yeah. towards evality, if yeah. you will. And I th- we talked about this when we did our women of villainy episode a couple months ago. And Dolores came up a lot because we did that one based on, you know, fan, uh, yeah. not based on it, but we, we did take fan considerations and uh, yeah. everybody hates Dolores because she's horrible. But again, I she's think awful. she is one of those, like, I don't know anybody who is like Bellatrix Lestrange at all yeah. in my real life. That's I mean, cool. I've met some people and I was like, wow, <laughs> you're going to murder somebody. And they yeah. But uh, I've also, you know, I know a lot of Dolores Umbridges. I've worked with a lot of Dolores Umbridges. I mean, not to the point where she's carving into people's skin, but uh, barely, you know what I mean? Like we all know somebody who's right on the line, right on the line of Umbridge. So. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Should be and my I line for ethics right there. <laughs> what would Dolores do? And then don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Do you have any other women of Harry Potter that we've missed? I think we've had a pretty extensive episode on this. Yeah, I think so, too. So uh, make sure to hit us up on Twitter with uh, who's worse. Uh, Yes, I'm going to post it. um, I'll post it a couple hours after the episode post or maybe the next. I'll probably post it on Saturday. So the episode drops on Friday. You, You can find it on Saturday on Twitter. And if you don't follow us on Twitter, why don't you? So you can follow us at Nerdy Bitches Pod. 
And, you know, we crossed the 5,000 follower mark a couple months ago. And I was like, what? I never thought that would happen. So that was pretty cool. Um, And we just keep getting more, which is also pretty cool. Things you never think will happen when you start. You know, we are actually right at the five-year mark of when you and I sat down the very first day and recorded. Now, our episodes came out a couple months later um, because we waited for the first of the year to release them. But this is where it all started. It's kind of kind of a thing and generally with harry potter too yeah i think harry potter was one of our first four episodes to be honest so that was the women of series um it was pretty easy for us to do because we knew all of the women of harry potter pretty well yes and we have a lot more that we will be doing obviously we're going to space them out over time but if you have a particular fandom that you would like to uh tell us about or to get us to look into the women of that fandom and again it does not have to be books it doesn't have to be movies it can be whatever but just you know send us something send us some information could be scientists that'd be fun we should do science scientists (laughs) we're having randy on for that scientists you know what lady (laughs) scientist is just the gift that keeps on giving (laughs) i love it we love you randy so do you have a uh, do you have an internet quote this week Oh, I do. I do. Um, It is mostly out of context. Uh, It's from Twitter at Adam Kotzko. So here's his tweet. We ask 18 year olds to make huge decisions about their career and financial future. When a month ago, they had to ask to go to the bathroom. (laughs) And in the Harry Potter world, we ask 17 year olds to make those decisions. Yeah, because they're graduated by 17. Pick a career. You're going to start tomorrow. That would be terrifying. Yeah, exactly. I know, like, because there doesn't seem to be, like, after Hogwarts school. No. Like, who's got, nobody has a master's degree. Well, that's not true. Uh, I think Hermione had to go to magical college to become magical law enforcement, didn't she? No, because she just, she went, they, apparently they just have, like, a career track. Yeah, they exempted everybody from. But she went uh, back. She went back and finished finishing her school, year. and she's and she's like, nope. But I'm going to go back. And she's like, no, and no, I need to do this whole year over again. I'm like, who? Can I? you imagine if you had you such a terrible that? school year that they, you'd had to go back to school? Yeah, hell like, no. Yeah, but technically, she spent a whole year rolling around in the woods with Harry and Ron. So, well, it didn't stop them from being oars, but whatever. I okay. know, like the neck. They were just exempt. Men can do whatever they want. Women have to go to school and prove it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. That's what it sounded like. That's all I'm saying, JK. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. A little bit. A little bit. So anyway. Um, okay. So very cool. So anyways, yeah. again, if you want to help right. me get out to uh, Galaxy's Edge with Heather, and or if you want to help us you know, towards our other goals and becoming a better podcast, you can join us on Patreon. Uh, for a monthly donation, patreon.com slash nerdy bitches. Or you can send us a one-time donation, or hell, if you want to send me a monthly donation there, I don't care, uh, to PayPal. You can do contact us at nerdybitches.com, send it through PayPal, and it goes directly to the show. So, All right, sounds good. All right, so I guess we will see you guys next time. provided by www.bensound.com and please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com
Harry Potter were a female, he'd be a stripper. Like, he had any problem. 